0: Today, I am here to give you the assurance
1: that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God.
2: I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you.
0: I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of
2: training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined. is not a man. You guys have up your game. You know what guys, I got to say I I love this the concept of the man show. Warning. The Catholic man
0: show is about to begin. <laughs> Welcome to the Catholic Man Show, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting to my right is David Niles, One on the buttons this evening, we have Mr. Jim Spencer in the house, no one can break in, he is our bodyguard, he will put you in a headlock. Yeah, because he's still allowed to do that. He is allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, and we have a very special guest. We're, we're going to do a, uh, another first. or It's kind of a first. It's almost a
2: first on the Catholic Mansion, which we Similar love. Similar to a first. Yeah, we do like to do that.
0: Um, Dave, I'll let you
2: introduce the so guest. So we have Dr. Christine Myers all oh, the yes. way from across town Tulsa, Oklahoma.
1: I live like a mile from here.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> I guess I think about you you used, you used to work at St. Uh, Bernard's, which is like not even really across town. It was it's only like, like four, four miles, miles away from here. You live a mile away?
1: I'm practically your neighbor.
2: We should like totally like have, have a coffee picnic. and picnic and, you know, I live right by a park. You we, know that? We, we saw her at the park yeah. not too long ago. Did you?
0: Yeah. Uh, but maybe well, know, not, a month and a half, two months ago, three months ago? I don't know. It's, it's like five years ago. COVID. It was before
2: COVID? <laughs> okay. That was like February. Well, at, I have kids. At the soonest. I yeah. kids. Look, I, time and me, like, we don't hang out a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um.
2: So, uh, yes. you are, a, you have a doctorate in theology. That's right. Yes, um, and you work for the diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma.
1: That's right as well.
2: You, you got a new—it's a new position.
1: It's yes, it's a new position, a new position for me, and then a new position in a sense because it's been empty for a long time at the diocese. So, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And which is uh, director of religious formation. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Which, which also includes family life, the family life office.
1: It does mm-hmm. and family life.
2: Yeah and the pro-life you have, i have like, a you, family life you have I a have lot that. of things that yeah.
0: that encompass that yes that title the yes pro-life pro mm-hmm. family life side catechesis mm-hmm. side mm-hmm.
2: you're a very yes. busy person so we thank you for being here
1: thank you well i'm honored to be here so thanks for having me
2: yeah so adam did you i don't know if you actually said but christine you're our first uh professional female guest <laughs> Um, not that our wives are not professional. We did have our wives on the show one episode, um, and that was a lot of fun because they basically just said a lot of great things about us the whole time, um, which I didn't actually anticipate, but worked out great. (laughs) I just loved it. (laughs) My favorite episode. It really worked out for us. worked out great for me. Okay.
1: How many dishes did you wash to get that to happen?
2: Uh, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know if I did. A month's worth? I don't know. Yeah. If you put them in the dishwasher, does that count as washing them?
1: uh maybe close enough yeah okay
2: so anyway uh we're excited to have you on we like to uh make a ceremony when we do things for the first time okay necessarily or unnecessarily we don't care we just do it anyway Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so we're excited to for you to be here and we're all drinking stouts because apparently you like stouts i like stouts i do too i'm a stout guy I don't even care if it's the summer. Some people are like, oh, I can't drink a stout in the summer. I'm like, I can. All right. Because I like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so you were drinking a founder's, uh, the founder's porter, is that correct?
1: Founder's porter, that's right. Yes. And I've been told it was chosen for me because it has a picture of a lady on the front. A classy. A very a, classy, I'm sorry, dignified a col- lady. A classy, dignified lady on the front.
2: Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> she does. She has a hat.
1: A, yes. big, a nice That's a nice, a nice hat, hat that she She's has on. A very nice also, hat.
2: that's just a really good beer.
1: Oh, well, good. I'm happy to try it. I've never had the founder stout. Yeah, Dan porter. So, and then Adam,
2: <laughs> you and I are drinking Session full-grown bread. Ombre by Tupp's Brewery. I almost drank it already without. Twelve point one percent
0: alcohol. Wow. Okay, I will be sipping this. Dag Nab. <laughs> is that what it's called? Is this, what is this? Oh, a no. wine? It's a. It, it's an imperial stout with coffee, coca, vanilla, and ancho chilies. Hmm. So, that should be interesting. Yeah. Does yours have some uh, something on it?
1: Silky black with a creamy tan head.
0: Nice. The nose
1: is sweet with strong chocolate and caramel malt presence. Hey, if it has chocolate... You're in. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How come we're not better friends? <laughs> well, <laughs> so this, this is, is ridiculous. We live
2: of- a mile away and... <laughs> We're, like, the same.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So, we're on the Lord's team. We're going to talk about that. Th- yes. The winning side. So, raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers to Jesus.
0: Cheers. 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 cheers, Juan. I want to give a shout-out to Juan as well, because he's just been doing a phenomenal job as our producer. Uh, he's been helping us mm. with all the buttons every time we we have an episode. But he also, like, put together this interview for us. Dave and I didn't have to do Andy, hardly sh- And he brought the beer. And he brought so. One, well done, my friend. I hope this that this is incredible. I hope other men have friends like you, because you are you are a a awesome friend. That's true. One,
2: so, you are an incredible friend, but I could not have two friends like you. <laughs> I don't have enough time. I, just would, I don't have enough. That's exactly right. I don't have enough time. <laughs> I just can't share that much. <laughs> but if I didn't have you, my life would be would be empty. Truly, well, that's not true. Truly, it would. Okay. You don't. You don't know. Well, you don't I, even know. I think your wife would disagree, and your children. Well, I think she would agree. Hmm. Uh, so we're gonna. Don't t- even act like you know me. You don't even I don't know even me. Know you. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna be talking about an uh, a topic this evening that is near and dear to really everybody's heart, which is women. Men are. Women are, are my very fa- interested in the topic of women. Women are. And women favorite. are very interested in the topic of women. Because they are women.
1: Probably for different reasons. Different reasons, but
0: they're
2: still very interested. Definitely different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but it's going to be a a fun topic. I'm excited about it. Um, We're going to be pulling off of uh, JP2's uh, Apostolic Letter on the Dignity and Vocation of Women. Boom, right there. For anybody who is watching it right now. And oh, is that the same one? It's that's the same, same one. one. I
1: have a different color uh, yours is, cover.
0: Yours is nicer. Yours yeah. is more beautiful than mine. Mm-hmm. Which is it's very a different telling.
1: Publisher. It's a different publisher. That's why
2: very telling. Mulieris Dignitatum. Mm. That's, it's Spanish. Just fun to say. that's Spanish. That's <laughs> Spanish. For women are great. <laughs> for, <laughs> 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 it's Latin for on the dignity of women. Is that right? That's the right. Digni, yeah, yeah. That's right. Is there really a prepositional clause in there on the dignity of women, or is it just? Dignity um, of women.
1: It's the dignity of women. The is is a, is a possessive. So you it's know Latin.
2: I asked you earlier how many. What are the languages you spoke, and you did not say Latin.
1: Well, my Latin is really, really minimal.
2: Okay. Strictly ecclesial.
1: Probably even less than ecclesial. I don't oh. know what it would be. Okay. <laughs> it was ecclesial like ten years ago, but <laughs> now. <laughs> it's, e- ecclesial minus. Yes. Okay. Ecclesial minus. That's right.
0: Uh, Dr. Mars, it's amazing how, when you read this uh, apostolic letter, how and even just his uh, JP2's Wednesday audiences on theology of the body, how much a man who is a, a chaste man knows of a woman, like knows about a woman, how a woman works. I think he knew a lot more about how women work and who, who women are than a lot of husbands do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would argue that probably his his chastity, his celibacy, has a lot to do with that. So, to have a, a wife is is one way to get to know womanhood, um, but to be at the service of woman within the priesthood is is a, a different way of of coming to know woman. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he had a lot of very dear and good uh, close female friends too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he has great insight. Yeah. He, yeah, agreed. I think
2: having wow. a wife is a great way to get to know especially one woman. <laughs> yes, you there know you go. <laughs> <laughs> But not, not necessarily all women because, you know, your study is so specific. You actually don't care about women. You just care about her. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, for JP, too, he's able to not be so specialized as, as one might say. Yes. Uh, but he did. He did. I'm also impressed by that, Adam, when we mm-hmm. read the Theology of the Body. Like, how does he know so much about sex? You know, uh, he's a celibate. And yet he has these profound insights that were just incredible. Um, it kind of reminds me sometimes of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, who also mm-hmm. had these deep insights into certain things. But I, I think just like the more innocent you are, the... More clear-minded you are, right? The more the, st- the more mm-hmm. steeped you are in virtue, the clearer you're able to see reality, mm-hmm. um, and so you can actually you think, oh, you don't have any experience with this sin. How do you know so much about it? it was, well, that's why he doesn't. That's why he knows so much about it because <laughs> he can see it so clearly. Sin makes you dumb. He's not he's not fooled by the enticing, uh, f- you know, fakeness, or you know, he's not tricked into thinking it's something it's not. He knows exactly what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's definitely true. I think um, too, suffering purifies the soul. Mm-hmm. And John Paul II certainly experienced a lot of suffering uh, growing up in Poland under communist rule and uh, living through an underground seminary and um, just the Second World War. There was a tremendous amount of suffering that he went through. He was he was a pure soul and a, a man of very deep prayer. Mm -hmm. And that contact with God also makes you see things more clearly.
0: No doubt. Yeah. Uh, So when we get back, maybe we can uh, talk just a little bit about your vocation. Okay, um, sure. That'll lead into the topic this evening. Does that sound good?
1: Sounds good.
0: All right. Here with David Niles, Jimbo Baggins, and Mr. Juan Posada. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Dr. Christine Meyer. Myers. Myers. I was there's I an me- S. I I meant to S. ask you that.
1: Yeah, there's an S. Don't forget it.
2: Yeah. Because downstairs, one of one of our members called you Meyer, and the other one called you Myers, and I went, what is it? <laughs> Myers. My yes. apologies. My it's okay. apologies. Don't no worries. Um. So thank you again for being here. We're talking about mm-hmm. Miliaris mm-hmm. Dignitatum. Um and uh dr Meyer, you myers sorry strike two thank you yeah that's the last one you get, yes, the third one you're out, yeah, what are you gonna do if that happens to me? I don't know, we'll see okay, that could be interesting, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I'm curious about your own vocation mm-hmm. um so tell us about how your vocation, how you discerned it just briefly. Sure. A little bit into the, the inner life of of Christine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Sure. So, um, so I'm somebody who went back and forth about religious life or marriage for many years, Mm -hmm. trying to find my path. So Mm -hmm. both paths were, were really beautiful to me and, um, and very inspiring. So I had a really hard time discerning my place. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, they're both so beautiful. So, um, so eventually, though, the Lord made it clear to me that my path was to belong to him alone. And by that time, I'd already explored a lot of religious orders and hadn't found a place with, among them. I thought they were wonderful, but it just wasn't it, something didn't fit. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up uh, being a part of an institution in Europe for a while. And uh, But unfortunately, that, that way of life, too, just didn't fit with me. It was very difficult being uh, submerged in a foreign culture and place. And, and the community decided that it was good for me to be here in Oklahoma and that I was thriving here. Mm-hmm. So um, so I am, have taken the step with my spiritual director of making a private vow of perfect chastity for my whole life, that I would continue to live my whole life entirely for Christ. And for me, this is a, a spousal yes, that he has chosen me, asked me to belong to him. Mm-hmm. And I've said yes, um, although I'm just a lay woman, So I'm, I'm not a part of consecrated virginity. I'm not a part of any community. I'm a lay woman with a vocation to be in the world, but I live it uh, belonging entirely to Jesus. So... Um, it's not what I envisioned for my life, but I've been amazed by the Lord's fidelity and just what he's chosen to do with my life. So I'm very grateful for that.
2: That is beautiful. I think this is like the defining characteristic of female vocation is the yes. I mean, that is, of course, in every man or woman, but there's just something more concrete about a woman, her Receptivity, yes. Okay, so let me give you an example. The moment when I was dating my wife, Lady Pamela, that I came closest to, like, swooning and just, you know, drooling over myself and, you know, embarrassing myself, you know, with, like, I'll give you anything you want, you know, uh, was we were just talking, and she told me that she had a personal uh, motto for herself, which was receive. Um, You know, that she... Put into practice about not trying to initiate certain things, um, but just receiving, receiving as they came. Mm -hmm. I just remember when she said that I just fell. I just fell in love with her. I mean, I already (laughs) already was, was, but it was was just over at that point. It's like you better not marry somebody else (laughs) because it's not gonna work out for me. Okay,
0: (laughs) yeah. So maybe we start uh, with the uh, the woman of all women, our mother. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's kind of where uh, uh, you know, in in the Apostolic letter, you know, uh, John Paul, who had a deep love uh, for for our mother, um, I think for a lot of reasons, like you said, he, he suffered a lot. His mom died when he was young, so it was a natural gravitation towards our mother. Thanks, thanks be to God. Um, and his maybe what he how he relates that to uh, the, in, in Eve and the new the new Eve. What do you, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? You, you mm-hmm. think that's a good launching point?
1: Sure. I always love to begin with Mary. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. So this document was written in the the Marian year. Um, I believe it was 1987. Um, And while the whole world was contemplating what does it mean to be a woman with different waves of feminism, you know, voicing their opinions Mm -hmm. on the dignity and the vocation of women, maybe not with those terms, but... um, uh, but definitely that theme, uh, the Holy Father brought forward this reflection on the dignity of of woman. And of course, the way that he helps us see and appreciate that dignity is by taking us to the very heart of our salvation, which is, of course, the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God made man is uh, inseparable from Mary, because Mary is the mother of of the Savior, the Mother of God. And so she is an archetype, she's an exemplar of the fullness of the feminine vocation and all of its diversity. Since, uh, mo- you know, Mary's the only one who's both virgin, totally consecrated and belonging to God, and also mother, carried a child in her womb. Uh, and so every woman finds in the Virgin Mary uh, elements of her own vocation and a model that she can follow.
2: Yeah, Mary gets really confusing sometimes mm-hmm. because she is simultaneously the daughter, wife, and spouse of God. Yes. It's like she's her own grandmother or something.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's dizzying. if you Don't think about it too hard all at once, okay? Yeah. Ponder it over, over time because, yeah. like I said, you'll get dizzy.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's true that man is made in God's image and likeness, so the absolute fullness of um, what we image is found in the community of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every relationship of love that we experience in on the human level has its prototype and its origin in God himself. And Mary is like the woman who's just living at the very heart of all of that. So all of those loves that we experience maybe in a human way she has them like all wrapped up all together in her relationship with god so like you're saying she's daughter she's spouse she's mother she the whole fullness of that divine love is in her heart which is why like she's in inseparable yeah. yes why she's at the heart of and it, it helps us too because i know when i was younger um I would was kind of taken with feminism for a while, and I can't remember who it was in my family, my parents or my grandparents. who so was like, well, the Catholic Church is the most pro-woman because of their devotion to Mary. And I, I thought, but wait a second. God is a man. Like, what about Jesus? Isn't he the best? And he's a man. So how are you telling me that, that woman is so exalted? Um, but when you come to understand that Mary's role in the sal- in the salvation is that of a creature yes and so it's secondary of course and it's always just a participation in the work of God. Mm-hmm. And yet it's essential. Uh, Mary's yes was a real uh, participation in the will of God to save us. He said, you know will you be mother of the Redeemer? not in those exact words, but that's the meaning of the, the angel's message. And she says yes. She participates in that and offers the whole of her being um, to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. If Mary hadn't said yes, I'm so glad she did. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like um, I think it's a father of the church, or I forget who, which writer it is that said this. But um, you know, the angel has his greeting, and all of creation is is just on the edge of its seat. Mary like
2: holding its breath.
1: Yes. Are you going to say yes? Say yes. <laughs> please, please say yes. <laughs> please say yes.
2: <laughs> so one of the themes in in this document is the just the notion that you have to receive love mm-hmm. in order that you can return love. Mm-hmm. Um, I once heard it asked, someone asked the question, is it more important to love or to be loved? And I think a lot of people would naturally say, oh, it's more important to love, you know, because it's. It's more important to give than to receive, you know, like, mm-hmm. so we think about mm-hmm. kind of it in that terms, but they said, no, 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 it's more important to be loved first, because it's only when we are, know we are loved that we can love. D- tell me, talk about why that's important, and how is it that woman, is, in particular, mm-hmm. is so vital for that inner interchange of love?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think um, John Paul II says in here that the woman makes that a reality that vocation of communion and of love so you have in in the creation of uh, mankind in the garden you have adam and then you have eve brought from his side and it's when she's brought from his side that humanity becomes a communion of persons hmm. and so she um it's really beautiful to think of it his reflection in theology of the body because he has a woman coming to consciousness. Uh, before man and man is there affirming and loving her this is woman at last and so it's in that love of the man for her that she even comes into consciousness in the first moment so and then you see that replicated then a um, woman when she receives a child right and she the child is placed on on her breast the first experience of that child in this world is to be embraced by the love of its mother, and that—that's the foundation of um, a healthy and strong humanity. Because we were made to be loved and to love in return. Um, and of course, all of this, so beautifully, uh, is an image of God and God's love. That God, the God that we adore, is one God. There is no other God. But he, but he's not a lonely God. He's mm. a God of communion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So when we get back, I, I posted on our social media to have uh, the guys who normally listen to have their, their wives tune in as well. Oh, so you'll be here. Good. So one of the things I'm going to ask you when we get back is how can husbands mm-hmm. uphold the dignity of their wives in some, some uh, pointers you may have. Oh. Does it sound good?
1: Yeah, I'll try. No
0: okay. pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're all sipping a little bit of a uh, stout beer, very delicious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talking about the dignity and vocation of women with Dr. Christine Myers. Again, thank you,
2: Juan, for for getting this all set up. Shout out to Tyler McKee and his wife, Mrs. McKee. It's their eighth anniversary today. Oh,
1: congratulations! And
2: they're um, they're watching, tuning us us. in
1: on their eighth wow. anniversary.
2: So, hopefully...
0: Hopefully we say something that'll only make you love each other more. I think... (laughs) And Jesus more. Just do that. Just love Jesus. If you love Jesus... Then you'll be fine. Then you'll be great. You will be fine. Uh, So, I want to score a bunch of brownie points for all the, like, women out there that are sitting there asking, like, on the other side, uh, before this break, they were like, yes, do this. tell, Tell the guys to do this. So, um... John Paul II, in, in, in his uh, Apostolic Letter on the Dignity of Women, uh, he also talks about the relationship of husband and wife, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how uh, you know the men are to provide and protect. Um, and it's there's a mutual relationship there that's a complete relationship. Um, but what, on your side, it's always interesting from a different perspective, mm-hmm. being a consecrated, not a consecrated virgin, but be, taking a vow of... <laughs> I almost said I said we said that earlier because that's what we thought we thought anyway. Uh, What you what you would think would be best for men to do better at to uphold the dignity of women.
1: Oh, boy, I feel this is a little difficult since I'm not a married person. But it's Uh, that's why it's good to have your
0: that's why it's good to have your perspective.
1: (laughs) So I think I mean, I think sometimes honestly, and this is not going to score you guys, brownie points, but I think sometimes... Never st- mind then. Let's go on to the next...
0: <laughs> we'll go on to the next... Na- one. if you'll queue up that the next break. was for me. The next that break was for no, me. And- I'm, I'm just <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I'm so sorry. No, that's okay.
1: Um, I think really sometimes the harder part is what women are being called to do um, because we live in a culture that's very active, very aggressive. It's very self-initiating. Um, We value those characteristics. We we foster them in our culture. We foster them in our education. Um, And so I think most of us women really have a difficult time being receptive and following, allowing the husband to lead. Um, And then on the other side of it, then the man has to step up and lead. So his love has to be sacrificial. It has to be, I think, for a woman to be able to surrender and to be... Um, not a doormat and not totally passive, like she has no say, mm-hmm. but for a woman to be receptive, she has to know that she's respected. She has to know she's listened to, and she has to know that the one on the other side loves her and is sacrificing himself for her. Um, and I think for us Christian women, that means, too, a man that is right-ordered, that he loves God. And uh, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, love Jesus, right? Jesus Mm -hmm. says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So uh, none of us is perfect, but we all have to be striving to love God um, and follow after him. And I think that will help heal a lot of the difficulties that we find in our relationships, whether it's in our marriage relationships or work or children or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's like Venerable Bolton Sheen. said it in his book, you know, Three to Get Married. I have mm-hmm. heard
2: many good things about that book, but I have not had the pleasure of reading it. I've only read portions of it, but I—you can get the gist. I read a—I read a, a meme, which yeah, was a quote—a a quote, quote from that from book. That. So I a, basically uh, know a it Facebook all. Facebook meme. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I read it. Yeah. I read, I, can do a whole it. I read parts of that book. I can do a whole episode on this. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I, I think I got the notion mm-hmm. from the meme, uh, Dr. Myers. I want to ask you, um, going back to the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see before COVID. You mean
1: like before COVID? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, are we talking about 2019? Before COVID. Pre COVID. This, Pre-COVID. this is pre this... COVID. It is pre COVID. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Um. At, actually, it's immediately after the fall. God tells <laughs> God tells man. I I kid. I kid. <laughs> uh. God tells you know woman that your desire for will be for your husband and that he shall rule over you. Mm-hmm. Um. In your opinion, what does that what does that mean? Cuz I find that a little bit difficult to interpret exactly what mm. what does that mean that your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you? And then beyond that, what how has that caused I mean, I think that's the source of so much tension, you mm-hmm. know, the feminist movement is largely a reaction I think to the relationship, spousal relationship gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, what does it mean, though, in, in your opinion, first of all?
1: Yeah, well, those are the 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 wages of original sin. So that's mm-hmm. not um, your desire will be for him, but he will rule over you. Those are consequences of a breakdown in the order of love and obedience that man would belong to and love God and that in belonging to and loving God would receive every human being as a gift from God in respect and um, not in lust and not in uh, manipulation and not in all the bad things that we see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the fall has broken those relationships. Um, and so it's um, like the. also we see in that passage the increase of pain and childbearing, that mm-hmm. you will bring forth mm-hmm. children in pain, right? And for men, you will work the ground, um with sweat and you'll bring forward thorns and mm-hmm. right. So all of this is, a yeah, I was car. doing that today. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Good. How'd that go? It was sweaty. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's
2: hard. exhausting. Yeah. It's very tired.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so these things, these are a consequence of sin. Uh, the good news is that Jesus has come to restore the right order between men and women. He is the bridegroom of the church, his bride and his love for us that, uh, takes him all the way to the cross In a total outpouring of himself, is the model for and the healing of the spousal love of men and women. And so we read in Ephesians, um, wives, wives respect your husbands; be submissive to your husbands. But it also says, be submissive to one another out of reverence for Christ. So Mm -hmm. it's not no longer a tyranny; it's not for man to oppress woman which is what we've seen in history and Mm -hmm. which feminism reacts against but it maybe reacts against it in a way that causes more wounds right so we want to find in christ the healing and the authentic relationship of of humility and entrustment that men and women are supposed to have for one another and when we do see that it's so beautiful i had um I'm sure that you all are very beautiful with your wives. I've seen you with your wives from time to time. But I had a professor at the John Paul II Institute. And to see him with his wife was uh, a call to conversion because he treated her with so much respect and so much tenderness. Just the way he looked at her, the way he stood by her, the way he was attentive to her was really um, very much an image, I think, of the tenderness of Christ's love for the church. And the reason why he can be that is because he has the benefit of Christ's love in his heart, right? Mm. Um, strengthening him for that. So no no human being can love like God without God's love being poured in their heart. And that's what Christ has done for us, is he's brought us that gift.
0: And it's probably also because they have such a strong prayer life together. You yeah. know, that's how I've, I have learned, like even the, mm-hmm. with Haley, I've learned so much about Haley that I would not have known otherwise in prayer life with her and growing in our prayer life together uh you 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 learn little things that you wouldn't have known otherwise um and you know a lot of times when you open your heart to God 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 is ready to to tell you about it you know mm-hmm. tell you about what what's going on in your your relationship so i think that um not only because he was tender to it but the reason why was probably because they have a strong prayer life together
1: yeah yeah that's a good point i hadn't thought about that but i bet you're right
0: yeah um, so let me ask you this: Like I, I have a, I have three boys and I have one one beautiful daughter. Uh, it's easy for me, or it's easier for me to, inst- like, work on the vocation of my boys, just being a man. Um, I, Dave has, uh, is in the opposite. He has three daughters. Um, so, but for me, it's. I think it is, does not come as natural for me to promote vocation in general, to a to a girl to to, to my daughter. Um, what what advice do you have for me?
1: Do you mean? Uh, tell me what you mean by vocation. Do you mean like a specific vocation? Yeah, I mean, obviously. The church, well, she's only or... th- she's
0: only three right now, so I don't have to like you know. Obviously, our main thing is just like Listen. she hasn't made up her mind. She hasn't made up her mind yet. <laughs> uh, I have yeah. asked. Wow, her, you are you really are struggling. I yeah. have asked her to go ahead and sign a contract. As soon as she's of age, we'll put her in a convent. But I don't know how <laughs> how binding that is. Um, but you know, obviously, right now we're just ta- you know we're trying to get our prayer life down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to just be. But like as she grows older, how do I cultivate? And keep her heart open to God as a father. How do I do that? Like, how do I, what's the best route for me to take?
1: Well, the first, I think the first thing that you do is that you are who you are. You are a man who loves God, who practices your faith, and who is a loving father. Because in being that, you are an image of God the Father in her life. Um, And that gives a woman um, security and strength, openness, uh, confidence. And puts her on a right path for a chaste life. Of course, she has her free will, so she can make her own choices afterwards. But, but in a sense, it's an it's a no brainer. There's not something sp- too special that you need to do, right? Um, apart from being that, being that. Um, I mean, the no pressure thing is always good. Like whatever path God wants for her, because he has a he has a, you know, a special plan for her life. Right. And just you telling her that will be.
0: Well, I think that, that a lot of times as dads, you know, we're 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 always trying to fix problems. We're always trying to like, you know, oh, you got, you know, can I be the save? You know, can I can I be your helper? Can I save you save you from? You know, so you want to have like these perfect answers for? her, But you're right. You have to remember that you know, God loves her way more, like infinitely more than I do, anyway. So all I I really need to do is just have her love Him, yeah. and He will. Their their relationship will lead her to the vocation that she's she's called to.
1: Yeah. Yes, because it's a call from him. So. Right, not yeah. from me.
0: So that contract is not binding,
2: <laughs> not legally or in any way, or anyway. Yeah, it just gives me a little bit of a sense of peace. At no way, at no point in time, would that resemble anything remotely valid. <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. The studio is looking decidedly more beautiful today. And I think it, it's because we have a woman here. Mm-hmm. And it's Has really been? nice. It's really nice. It is. Yeah. That's one of the things about women is that they're beautiful. Men are not beautiful. No. Oh, you, I disagree. No. No. I know, <laughs> I know you think that. <laughs> Let me tell you how I know that no woman actually thinks her husband is like beautiful in a strictly aesthetic sense because i have heard my whole life women say stuff like well i used to think he was cute and then i got to know him and i just don't think he's cute anymore or like oh i didn't think he was cute when i first met him but i got to know him and i think he's so cute and it's like you don't even know what cute is that's when i realized you don't even know he's <laughs> <laughs> totally like subjective you know like you could mathematically determine what makes a beautiful woman on
1: the outside.
2: You cannot do that for a man. Like, it just doesn't... They're just gross. They're oh. gross looking.
1: No, but can't you say the same thing about a woman? The, there are women who interiorly are very beautiful, uh, more so than perhaps other women are exteriorly, but...
2: Yeah, but the, yeah. the beautiful women on the outside are always beautiful on the outside. I mean, like, like yeah, she's a terrible person, but she is gorgeous. <laughs> Rotten tomatoes on the inside. I mean, just awful. But gosh, is she is she beautiful? I mean, right? But anyway,
1: thank it's just you. Just the way God made you, guys. Christine.
2: What I'm trying to say is, thank you for being here. Okay, that
0: is what you were trying to say out of yes. all that. Thank you for that. Being was here. two minutes of saying of and that's what you were trying to get across? Look,
2: yeah, and I wow. took the I took the scenic route. <laughs> that was the scenic route. It was okay. beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Think, on the inside, on the inside, on the inside. <laughs> okay so Christina, what I want to ask uh your commentary or your thoughts on it seems like let me back up just a second uh me as a member of the body of the Christ body of Christ and as the a uh, member of the church, the mm-hmm. bride of Christ, mm-hmm. I'm called to a receptive disposition mm-hmm. when it comes to the relationship between me and the Lord yes, something that's not as natural for me as it is for a woman for do you think how does that play out in your estimation in um just levels of holiness i mean i I don't mean that sarcastically i really do think that is Mm -hmm. maybe more easier for a woman to just have this natural holiness to her just this ability to receive from the lord that men have to maybe struggle with more i don't know have you have you noticed that in your own life (laughs) i i mean like just uh, that was have you noticed an extra holiness that you may possess (laughs) yeah I didn't mean it quite Let me shine like that. Your halo. Right. Don't make you, my hair frizzy. You
1: tra- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, woman, it's true that the woman is is receptive. It's part of part of her nature. The way that her personhood is structured, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as such, she's a symbol of humanity. Uh, so whereas a man in his humanity has initiative, and he ha- has this imaging of, um, of God in a, in a distinct way. Um, so that in the, the sacred scriptures we see in the Old Testament, man and woman becoming a symbol of God's love for Israel, right? And then we see mm-hmm. that fulfilled in mm-hmm. Christ, the bridegroom of the church, his bride. And John Paul too would say the woman who is consecrated has a fullness uh, and the experience of a consecrated vocation because by her femininity, she's bride. Hmm. By her nature, her human nature, she's bride. Um, Every member of the church is bride, bridal, in a sense, because Christ is the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, what does all this mean for holiness? Um, Women are an image of the receptivity without which there is no holiness, so this is part of the importance of why women are not ordained to the priesthood. A priest, his masculinity becomes one with the masculinity of Christ, and image of God the Father. But woman always represents humanity and the fact that if we, as human beings, male or female, are to come into union with God, we must be receptive. Hmm. We must be open to God. And that, so that it doesn't matter if you're Pope or Cardinal or Priest, if you lack that receptivity that is the Marian dimension of the church, then you won't yourself become a saint. You might fulfill an office, but you won't become a saint. Mm. Um, And so that's part of why it's not um, second best to be a woman in the church and to be an image of the bridal church, because we're sort of the placeholder. Um, I think. And um, there's some theologians who've talked about this, but but we're, we're the image of the bridal church. We're that placeholder for being receptive to God's grace and so being sanctified by him. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's a model then for every priest, for every bishop, for every father of a family, the way the wife receives the protection and love of her husband, brings forward children, the virtues she practices, all of it becomes a model for him of the path to holiness.
2: Hmm. That's very beautiful.
0: Yes. Um, you know, the devil does a really good job of perverting the beautiful. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he he does a really good job of taking what is beautiful, what is, you know, made an image and likeness of God and making it false, making it mm-hmm. a, a pseudo or a fake um, mm-hmm. and, and trying to pass it off as real. Um, I feel like that, uh, Throughout the 60s and 70s, we've experienced a lot of uh, the pendulum swinging for women of a reaction to, most likely, men who have not treated their wives well or, or mm-hmm. not been holy men in general. Mm-hmm. But the pendulum swung to, like, it seemed like the, the devil has taken that and, like, ooh, that was, like, uh, the feeding ground for him to, to really take it and propelled it to where uh, we have some... Um, uh, extreme feminism uh, that is not true feminism mm-hmm. uh, not true uh, not modeled after what God had has, has built what do you what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah no, I think that I definitely think that's true um, there's I mean there's a sense in which uh, there's a certain strand of feminism that's tried to suppress those things that are properly feminine like motherhood or mm-hmm. um, having an importance in the home. Um, this doesn't mean, now it can be a reaction to you know, previous generations where it was thought a woman had no business doing higher studies or or leading or mm-hmm. having, and here I am, right, a woman right. with the leadership role in the diocese with a, a PhD, and I'm grateful for those opportunities for, for myself. But at the same time, I recognize that what my mother did for my brother and I by being totally devoted to us in the home was a really precious gift to us and it's a shame that um we structure we, we've now almost structured society such that both husband and wife need to work outside the home mm-hmm. in order just to get by mm-hmm. and we've lost the fact that um being a mother of small children and making a home um that's a full-time job mm-hmm. that's a full-time job and no then. Doubt. In the workplace, we we tend to try to make women be like men, so maybe more aggressive and uh, highly assertive. Whereas John Paul II would say, you know, the the feminine person has a particular genius for attentiveness to other persons, for a sensitivity and and attention uh, that belongs to our feminine nature. Now, think of all the women in the workforce. If we can bring that attentiveness to others into the workforce it softens it humanizes it introduces charity in a way that if you just had a group of men working together it wouldn't be present there in the same way so there's a way in which um feminism a true feminism like john paul ii uh, expresses to us in his writings can help women both those who are at home to value the phenomenal vocation that they have Um, And the women who are out in the workforce, for them to bring a genuine feminine element into the workforce to feel free to be attentive and merciful and good, um, even as they're competent leaders in the workforce.
2: Yeah, that is that is really true. And I think that part of the the onus then is on men to reward women, women for being women in the workforce, because I think. There's part of that is a natural reaction that women have where, you know, I don't get promoted because I'm not assertive. I'm not I don't go in and demand a raise, you -hmm. know, like like uh, my male counterparts do or, you know, whatever. Uh, So I think Mm -hmm. uh, male leaders need to make sure to be receptive to that. Yeah. if If I may receptive to it.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, good point.
0: But you said in, in between the breaks that uh, uh, being a true feminine, like a true feminine genius is also being pro male.
1: Yes. Being pro Thank man. you for bringing that back up. Yeah. So that's, I mean, something that I've really, I really think is important for us today is that, yes, we need to be pro woman, but we also need to be pro man. And uh, the sexes are ordered to one another to be a communion of persons, and to be a mutual help to one another. So if we're promoting an image of man or an image of woman um, in order to manipulate, uh, have power over, control, or harm the other, or to push them down, to not let them succeed, to not respect their nature, then um, in the end we actually are just going to harm ourselves because – we need each other. We belong to one another in the communion of um, that God has created. Um, so, yeah. So be pro-woman and be pro-man.
2: We just have a, a little bit of time left. Um, men and women have different types of authority. Man mm-hmm. has an obvious authority. He's stronger. Um, he's the head of the household. What type of authority do women have? How,
0: how about this let's let's pick Ooh, that up teaser teaser yeah, question teaser. <laughs> go you can go to our youtube channel and we'll pick this up on the other side of the break If you're listening on the radio or via podcast uh dr christine myers i'm so grateful for you carving out time thank hanging you. out with us thanks for having your me blessing, your blessing you're blessing to our diocese you're blessing to us this evening yes uh we're so thankful to have you here thank
1: you it's great being here thanks all right
0: so check out our youtube channel but
2: we're on a lord we're on the lord's team the winning side so raise your glass and cheers to jesus